Next Chapter Podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Thick Skin Podcast. I'm Latroy Hawkins, and I'm here with my buddy Jock Jones. A rundown today. We're going to get into the Nike uniform scandal, whatever you want to call it, Major League Baseball. Talk about Cody Bellinger signing his three-year deal with the Chicago Cubs and his uh, high-powered agent, Scott Boris, and the Cam Newton brawl situation during his seven-on-seven tournament in Atlanta, Georgia this past weekend. We're going to jump right into it. Cam Newton's brawl situation. He had his seven-on-seven flag football tournament this past weekend. Uh, A lot of trash talking, as we know, tends to happen when you get any type of sport in the inner city. Coaches, fans, there's a lot of back and forth. Tempers boiled over, and Cam Newton and coaches of another organization got into a brawl. It was Cam against four other guys, four-on-one. And it looked like old Cam Newton held his own. He is a pretty big fella, right? Big What's your boy. take on that? Six six two fifty. Um, that's a big old cat. Uh, just just what I've been reading and 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 watching everybody else talk about it. There was some trash talking on both ends. The the guys who uh got handled, I guess, uh, said that Cam was doing most of the talking, and then you hear that they were talking and. It's just been an ongoing thing. Um, I, I'm mixed on it, uh, uh, one, because like I, I remember a video uh, maybe a year or two ago where kids were calling Cam Newton trash, and then Cam was entertaining it, going back and forth with the kids. And, and I, I'm imagining in this situation, that's what was happening as well, uh, with the kids talking trash and the coaches talking trash. and the the I mean, it led to what it led to, which should have never happened because the kids are out there playing football. Cam's um, volunteering his time out there. He's got an organization, and I'm sure he doesn't want his organization uh, known as as an organization that goes out there and doesn't know how to act. And I'm sure the other guys um, don't want their organization known as an organization that doesn't know how to act. But at the same time, I just I don't even think Cam should have even entertain the situation to to let it get to that point but i mean it, it did and he <laughs> he took care of business like he was supposed to uh everybody's laughing about the hat how it didn't fall off and i thought that was hilarious as well but i mean hey man you you, you grab the bull by the horn and you get horned so <laughs> that's what happened double j it's one thing street dudes or Brothers in the inner city don't like. What is the one thing that they don't like? They don't like guys like us yeah. coming back, yeah. brag about our situation, our money, mm-hmm. and what we what we got. And they don't have. Mm-hmm. They don't like that. And the, and it came out. Well, one of the guys that's in the other organization, what is JSN or something, whatever the organization name was, that he they had beat Cam a few times, and Cam wanted to bet some money on the next game. And he started talking about, I got more money than blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. Just like, kind of like belittling mm-hmm. his opponent because his his status and, you know, his bank account. And we know that's an ego thing, man. And when you start getting egos involved, 
they got a book out there called Ego is My Enemy. Yep. And ego gets people killed. Of course. It starts wars. It does a lot of bad things. And for me, just growing up in the inner city, my city, Gary, Indiana, was the murder capital of the United States mm-hmm. about three, four years between 89 and 92. Yep. That's just something you don't do. Come, in, come back to the neighborhood and brag about what you got. It shouldn't be an issue, but we know it's an issue when you got guys out there starving. Of course. You got people out there suffering. You got people out there that, that, that you know, they don't think anybody cares about them. So at the end of the day, like when you're coming back and you flashing your money and talking about what you got uh-huh. and this and that, they take that shit personal. Of course. They, I mean, they're already envious. Envious because you're in the spot that they wanted to be in. and they Everybody's better than you are when they're not in your spot. You understand what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. and so with that, and that's why I said earlier, like e- even entertaining that, we already know like, growing up in the, we all grew up, most of us grew up in the inner city, right? We know how the inner city worked. We have friends who were gang members, drug dealers, whatever. We, ha- we have friends who have been killed. You know what I'm saying? Like I even said like two days ago, man, there's, a, there's plenty of people in the cemetery that have pride and big egos. You understand what I'm saying? So knowing that and knowing that people are starving and knowing that you're not starving, like wh- why, like you're, you're putting fuel on a fl- already raging flame. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you talk about the videos on YouTube. There are plenty of videos on YouTube with Cam going back and forth with people. Of course. And I, Doing camps back at home, that's one thing I'm not going to do is let a, let a kid disrespect and say anything to me. That's not, what we're, that's not what we're going to do. I'm not going to allow that to happen because I didn't, I didn't do that to adults. Right. I damn sure didn't do it to Lloyd McClinton, uh, Wallace Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, Ron Kittle. When those guys came back home to, you know, give back to the community, we wasn't talking trash to them. Nope. I don't care what they said. We wasn't talking trash to them. We wasn't talking like, like we were bigger than them. No, it's, it makes no sense. But I can understand Cam's perspective. Hey, little fella, if you get to popping off, I might say some slick shit back to you. and You might not like it. Then you're going to go tell your daddy. Yep. And I'm cool with you telling your daddy. Yep. I'm cool with that. So I kind of get it, but people just don't understand like how close how little things like that can get you killed. Of course. Your life can be taken just like that. Of course. Uh, and look, look at both the, sides got those egos. Exactly. Look at the, the uh, Akeem Talik situation in Dallas. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody got killed because of trash talking. Somebody not like it. A football game. A youth football game. A youth football, a youth football game. You know what I'm saying? A, a little 12-year-old boy. Uh, uh, maybe six months ago, shot some of his little buddies because of him feeling like he was bullied at a youth football practice. You know what I'm saying? Like, people ain't, uh, people's not really arguing these days, and it definitely are not going for you putting your hands on. So, like, with that being said, like, Cam put himself in danger by even letting it get to that point and, and even going back and forth. With, like, you know you got way more money than these guys. You know you got way more status than these guys. You know what you did when you was in the NFL. Who cares what they, like, you think I suck? 
you're right. I did suck some of the time, but guess what? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm I'm just, a lot too. I'm I'm a, I'm a sleep like a baby tonight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, mm, you know. But it also goes to Jack, like in our community, mm-hmm. in inner city, mm-hmm. people that look like us, people of color. Mm-hmm. And I I talk about this all the time with my mentoring program at at my elementary school in Gary. Um, we got four through sixth graders. We have 12 kids in the program. And one of my biggest things is respect and conflict resolution. Yep. If they don't see conflict resolution with, from the people that they look up to, why do they think when I come in, into a classroom with my cousins or other people that's in my organization come into the classroom and start talking about conflict resolution, mm-hmm. why would they even follow that if they see Cam Newton fighting and they leave home, they leave the school, they see, you know, their you know, their cousins fighting. Like they were just completely just abandoned the whole conflict resolution. Everything right. that we just learned right. about that in the classroom, they're gonna abandon that because of what they're seeing right. consistently on a regular basis right. in their everyday life. What why? And it's not it's 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 I think it's unfair that we as a people always resort to violence mm-hmm. to try to get our point across. Mm-hmm. And we're such a, we're so aggressive when it comes to having to be right as opposed to being okay with you have your point of view, I have my point of view. Right. We're diff- We're two different people. Two. Jock, I don't want no friends that's going to agree with me all the damn time. No. I'm serious. No. I don't. And, and you don't have nothing. In the circle we got, you don't have nothing. I don't want that. We have you got to agree with me all the time. It's yeah. okay to to yeah. to to be wrong or yeah. to speak your you know yeah. debate yeah. and let it go. Yeah. That's fine and no hard feelings. Yep. But you know, just being in those situations, like when I was in in, in the major leagues, going back home to Gary, mm-hmm. you know, and then you get those situations where people just just damn right, just downright, just freaking just. Jealous, just jealous for no reason at all. Don't like you. Ain't got to be talking about how much money you got and what you didn't done. Hell, motherfucker, you didn't seen it. Yep, they don't. They you don't see it. They don't like you. Watch. They don't like you for the way other people love you. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, he think he. Yeah. He think he that man. I'm not even worried about you. I'm living my life. You understand what I'm saying? You feel a certain way about me, and that's not my business. How you feel about me? I'm living my life. And they don't like that. No. They didn't like that. No. Plenty of situations in my neighborhood. And I remember oh, at Terrytown Liquors mm-hmm. and all my people from the region, from the 219, mm-hmm. just listening to the podcast. I remember it being at Terrytown Foods. And I ain't going to call my little buddy out, but you know he's one of my friend's brothers. And he was one of those dudes that he wasn't tough in high school. And all of a sudden, he got tough out to high school. And we was up at the at the store in the neighborhood, and I came out. I didn't see the I didn't see the dude anyway. And yeah, what? Oh, you too big? You can't even speak no more. And I was like, well, fuck! I ain't even see you. And I was like, when? And I looked. I said, like, when you get tough? When did you get tough? That's all I want to know. When did you get tough? When you started selling dope, you got tough. I said, don't ever forget. You just got tough. I've been tough. Don't forget that. Don't ever forget that. I can always revert back to the way I used to be. That's easy to do. 
I said, but the, the advantage I got on you, I know how you used to be. I know how you used to be soft and scared and running and letting your brothers and them fight your battles. I remember that. So don't be acting tough. You can act tough to these other young fellas in the hood, but you can't act tough to me. And don't act tough to me. Show me you tough. That's what I want you to do. I can always be back to get. I can get. I can get down and dirty. Right. And then, like you said, hey, and 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 if I don't want to get dirty, I sure know some folks that can get dirty. Right. And you don't want them involved. You don't want them involved. But yeah, I mean, but you know what? Again, hopefully both both sides, cooler heads, will yeah. prevail. Yeah. Come sit down and talk on Cam's podcast. I'm sure now you know got to get on this podcast and right. you know. Squash it out and 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 you know make money off of it, which right. is cool. And right. hopefully they can they can go out and show the kids that hey, this is how men settle their differences. Yep. We yep. talk it out. One of the guys said on the uh, on the other side, he said, you know, we just watched a video where he said, hey man, we should have been able to sit down and hash it out as opposed to getting in front of these kids and acting a plum fool. Because like you said, the kids see. The adults acting a plum fool, and you saw in the video, two kids tried to get in the middle of it, uh, didn't really look like they had anything to do with it, other than they saw some people getting into it, so now they wanted to be a part of it. Do you know what I mean? So, um, and then the other thing uh, I wanted to, the other point I wanted to kind of bring up, and I, I kind of hate to do this, but I, I'm going to, uh, where I believe it was Shannon Sharp who, who mentioned uh, Peyton Manning and Peyton and Eli Manning. You know what I mean? And he was like, man, they got camps and all this stuff, and you never hear anything closely resembling what goes on with these guys' camps. Because these kids respect and appreciate what they do, respect who they are, um, and, and they've been running these camps ever since I can remember. Because now the uh, quarterbacks that they were grooming are starting to become college quarterbacks and NFL quarterbacks. Um, and it's it's just, you know, like you said, like, man, you don't ever hear anything popping off at these camps. Right? So so what what is the difference between their camps and Cam's camps or these these competitions that they're in? I, I'm sure there's trash talk. I think yeah, but I think the difference is just from, you know, being around Patrick, I think they're doing more just quarterback camps mm -hmm. and that night between big tournaments. Gotcha. Yeah, competition, big gotcha. tournaments. So they're not, they don't have people on the other side that's trying to gotcha. live vicariously through their coaching career beating Cam on the other side. And they act like Cam coaching all 40 teams he got into the league. Gotcha. He just got his name, C1N, you know? Gotcha. Uh, it's like they're not actually beating him, I don't think. Maybe he's coaching one of those teams. They're not actually beating him. But you're right. I mean, we can never just go and have fun enjoy the kids watch the kids get better from day to day week to week month to month year to year we can't there's always some conflict right and again it all boils down to e g o <laughs> ego boils down to the ego great book out there you can read ego is my enemy so let's move on to our boy bellinger got paid yes sir. he held out yeah. held out three yes. years 80 million to the Cubbies yes, he did. on the north side. You and I both played for that franchise. We did. Um, there are two more big-name free agents, maybe three, 
that are still out there. A young that all are represented by Boris. Uh, Scott Boris. Yeah. Montgomery. Um, Blake Snail. Blake, Blake Snail. Uh, Matt Chapman's out there. So he had four out of the <laughs> the um, last remaining free agents. So, I mean, I'm happy for Cody. Um, yeah. Struggled that last couple of years with the Doyers and put together a fantastic season yep. with the Chicago Cubs. You're talking about having a bounce back year. Um, he did exactly what he needed to get paid. He played in 130 games, uh, 556 plate appearances. He had 153 hits, 29 doubles, one triple, 26 jacks, 97 ribbies. He stole 20 bags, uh, 307. Uh, batting average yep. with a 356 OBP and OPS plus a 133. Yep. He had a great year. Um, not sure if the Cubs were his first team. Um, they're young. Their record was 83 and 79 last year. And now they're picked to win the National League Central. That's a head scratcher for me because about Milwaukee was the team to beat, but I guess after they traded, you know, Burns, they're not the team to beat. What's your take on that National League Central and who's going to, who you're going to predict is going to win that division? Uh, I mean, you know, with Craig Council going over there to Chicago from Milwaukee as a manager, he was very successful with the Brewers. Um, uh, Pat Murphy slid into the uh, manager's job over there. Um, it's pretty much going to have the same roster minus uh, Corbin Burns, was his name? Um, yeah, Corbin Burns. Um, I, I don't know that uh, Council makes a 10-game difference between this year and last year. Uh, I think the Brewers still have plenty uh, to say about that. But, you know, just because the Cubs got Bellinger back, um, it – I mean, he had a great year, and it's going to be tough to repeat that year, especially with everyone thinks Chicago is a hitter's park. And it, it really is not a hitter's park. And those were some impressive, impressive numbers that Bellinger put up. Pretty sure if he was anywhere else, he'd probably have about seven to eight more homers because the wind blows in 70% of the time over there in Chicago. Um, 30, 70. Yeah, I, it's about 70%, man. And I, I played there wow. two years. Uh, it blows in a lot. You get about a month and a half, two months in the summer to where you get good hitting conditions. But the rest of the time there, man, you, you're fighting the wind blowing in and then one minute it blows in and it blows out and it blows back in. So uh, repeating that in Chicago is going to be, it, it's going to be tough on him. I mean, I'm pretty sure he can do it, but it's, it's going to, he's going to have a tough go at it. So um, I, I would, I mean, my, my money would be on the Brewers. And you never count. Man, the Cardinals, I mean, I can never count out the Cardinals, man. The Cardinals can can rebuild on you so quick. And and they're always uh, um, an organization that, that seems to build from within and, and promotes players. And so I, I find it hard to believe, especially with uh, Arenado over there at third base, um, I find it hard to believe that they're going to lose 90 games. He's trying to, Nolan's starting to slow down just a little bit. I mean, he had a back issue last year. Yep. Um, hopefully he's healed from that because he is one 
dangerous young man. Yes, he is. Back to these Cubbies, man. You know, like Corbin Burns is gone from Milwaukee. Marcus Stroman is gone from the Cubs. Who steps in that role? Who fills that void that Marcus Stroman left? Um, think about Justin Steele. You know, he was 16 and 5 last year, lefty. Yep. He was their best pitcher. Yeah, he was. He 30 starts. Man, he he absolutely dealt like literally under the radar. Actually, and they had Jameson Tyon, yep. Juice Smiley, Cal Hendricks is still around. Yep. He had 24 starts last year. I mean, it's I just don't see I'm I'm still I'm still rolling on the Milwaukee train. I'm still rolling on the Milwaukee train. I am too. But the Dodgers, the Dodgers, the Cubs got a lot of young talent. They have a lot of young talent. That's um, you know, they got the Japanese kid Seiya Suzuki. He had a good year at 285 with a 357 OBP. Um, Nico Horner, oof, 283 with 27. Nope, with nine, 27 doubles. Uh, Swansbury, Dansbury, Dansby Swansbury yep. with 22 jacks. Yep. And then you got Christopher Morrell, center fielder, 26 bombs. Yeah, he had a good year last year. Yeah, so they got some, they got some power and they can, you know, they can score some runs. But like you said, is Council good for eight extra wins? Because that's what he's probably going to need because it's going to take 92 yep. or more wins to win that division. Yep. And, Milwaukee won 90 last year, yep. and you know, they didn't fare too well in the playoffs the last couple of seasons, but, wow. you know, they still won their division. It's huge for them. Yep. Huge. Just trying to get over the hump. Get over the hump. Matt Chapman's still a free agent. Yeah. Where do you think he's going to land? Ay, ay, ay. The Cubs are in the market for a third baseman. Um, so, I would, I mean, I think he'd be a pretty good fit there. With uh, Chicago, I I think that his best fit would be there in Chicago. They don't have a third baseman. I mean, he's a third baseman. He's a pretty good third baseman. So um, damn good. Yeah, yeah. A lot of places to land. Yeah, because he's that good defensively, and he has some. And he got some sauce. He does. He's you got know, some sauce. He's only thirty. He hit last year with Toronto, two forty, seventeen homers, four RBI. So I know he wants to improve on that. 122 hits, um, and I, I I know that he wants to improve on that. So um, I would imagine that he spent the off season trying to get it right so that he can land somewhere and somewhere where he can be offensive and, and improve on those numbers. So, I, I, yeah, but when you talk about improving on those on those numbers, Double J, mm-hmm. he's a lifetime 240 hitter. Mm, okay, <laughs> he's a lifetime 240 hitter. So you know. He is what he is. Yeah. That's not a knock. That's, that's not, not a knock. Not. Like, that's, not. Just, that's just like you are who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't a 30 save guy. I was like a 20 save guy. You are who you are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was 280, 270. I ended at 277. So I was up there somewhere around there. A couple 20 homers and 75, 80 RBIs. That was it. That's what you got for me. Hopefully he lands somewhere that he can go out and play and be free. Like our like our good good friend used to always say, rest in peace, Wayne Hathaway. It's getting late, big fella. Getting late. Getting right. Late. And it never seems to work well for pitchers or for 
position player to oh. wait to sign in the spring training. Yep. So what do you think about him signing a one-year deal, going out and bang, and go out and be a free agent again? I mean, basically, this is what Cody Bellinger is doing. Even though it's three years with $8 million, he's got two opt-outs, right? So he can opt out after this year, I believe. He can opt out after, after next year. Um, so I think uh, Matt Chapman will probably have to end up with a, getting a one-year deal so he can go out and prove himself again. Um, it, I mean, there's pluses and minuses with that. The, the minuses being if he gets hurt or he doesn't get off to a good start and they start messing around and, and wanting to bring somebody else in and things like that. But, you know, if he stays healthy and he does the things that he needs to do, it could be a very lucrative offseason for him next year, just as well as with Bellinger with the two opt-outs. So, um, you know, some guys like to gamble. Um, Boris's guys seem to be in a position to have to gamble um, more times than not. So, um, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a lot of pressure, but, you know, hey, nobody said it'd be easy. You're going to bet on somebody. Bet on, somebody. Bet on yourself. Bet on yourself. That's right. Bet on yourself. That's right. Absolutely right. You know, I'm all for guys taking a one-year deal and going out and doing it again. Absolutely. And like you said, get going back into the – the free agent market and and getting paid that way because yeah. you know every all every free agent market isn't designed to get some guys paid mm -mm. it just works that way it's just he he might be a third baseman like him and teams are third they're flush in the third base position yeah. and teams don't want to spend the type of money that you're going to be commanding so you look at the who will be a free agent next year, who's coming off the board, what teams are going to be in the market for a third baseman, and you go about it that way, and maybe that's the way you get paid, paid, because yep. there are more teams to have who are in need of your services as opposed to this year. There's probably not many as teams in, in need of his service. That's, that's why it's taking so long for him to sign, and yep. a lot of teams getting to the point where, like, hey, we got – we got $17 million. You can come play on this one-year deal and go back and be a free agent next year. At the end of the day, I mean, 17 mil is 17 mil. $17 million. And, and, and he's been relatively healthy in his career, so I'm not, I don't foresee him. You know, just never know, but you just never know. see him. Or you something. Know. Right. You never know, man. Freak things happen all the time. And, you know, like, you don't have your back covered because you only got a one-year deal, and some guys become cautious. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't want to get hurt and they understand what, what's right on the season. And, you know, that's the worst place to be is when you try not to get hurt, you get hurt. You know what I mean? So, um, but, you know, I, I hope this young man finds a, a spot and, and <clears throat> maybe it won't be the spot that he thinks is ideal. That'll turn into the ideal spot, just like, you know, Cody O'Belly ended up with the Cubs um, after two down years with the Dodgers and Nobody thought it would be the right spot, and nobody thought he would bounce back like that, and look what happened. So hopefully this young man finds a good spot for himself um, and, and takes full advantage of it and gets himself right back out there next offseason. Now this big, big scandal going on right now, big scandal. And I've always had issues with Nike. Um, I'm an Adidas guy through and through. Yes, you see. Are. Through and through. Um, the first, I think when Nike got the contract mm -hmm. with MLB to do the uniforms, I think the first two years, they let Majestic 
continue to make the uniforms and just added the Nike sign. Okay. Fast forward to present day, this year, Nike decides to make the uniform. And there's been all type of bad feedback. Yep. I walked past Hot Rod, Rod McCormick, our head equipment guy office two days ago when they were in town and he had his door closed. That door's never closed. He had his door closed. It was Nike and Fanatics in there. And it was like they were trying to solve the world problems. Yep. And probably a week before that, you know, when the full squad happens and, you know, everybody's there, you're talking to, you know, everybody's introducing their staff, the training staff, mm-hmm. strength and condition, clubhouse. And he apologized for Nike. I'm like, what, what the hell are you apologize for Nike for? Why? It ain't your fault. They messed up. But fast forward after that, the meeting in his office. And I put on my white pants today for the first time. And I looked down. Mm-hmm. I had on those those uh, three-quarter sliders. And I could see the Nike sign. It's almost like I was naked. <laughs> it was like I was naked. Not sure <laughs> what Nike can do in four weeks to rectify this problem. But... I would have thought they would have probably bought, well, not bought, stole or <laughs> enticed Majestic's engineers or whatever Majestic has to come work for them. I think they were just too arrogant to even do that. Uh, that's what Apple does. They got something they like. Oh, yeah. They, they buy the guy. They buy the guy. <laughs> I don't know why Nike didn't do that. That's all these golf companies do with these golf balls and all that stuff. They go get the engineer and bring them over and make their own ball. You get it. Yeah. And it's bad. Uniforms are not good. And another thing that Nike did, Um, the names on the back of the jerseys. Yeah. They're smaller. And and they're plain. I I saw that the other day. They're they're just, yeah. Yeah, you you need. The big question is who signed off on those jerseys? Who signed off on the Nike uniform? I have no idea. But but who signed off? You know what though? If I was thinking about this today, um, as I was looking over some of this stuff, uh, listening to some of the stuff on TV, if uniforms are the biggest complaint about Major League Baseball during the spring, baseball's doing okay. It's in a good position. <laughs> like being able to have see through uniforms. I mean, all right, cool. Uh, I'm sure the problem will be rectified, but if that's the only problem that the players have with, is with people saying they're junk, then, <laughs> hey, you know, so be it. But some some people, some players might like people saying they're junk, Hawk. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, but when you always come into the party like you're the biggest and the baddest, uh-huh. you better make sure you're shit right. I get it. I get it. I get it. They should. It should have been somebody. Somebody should have been wearing uniforms and 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 checking them out, going through them, and yeah, doesn't seem like they did their uh, due diligence before they put these uniforms out. The MLB Players Association executive director and former first baseman, our good friend Tony Clark, Mm -hmm. has weighed in on the controversy. Disappointed that we landed in a place where the uniforms are the topic of the discussion, Clark said. Each conversation with the guys yielding more information with what we're seeing. Tony also cited player concerns with a variety of the uniform elements, including the look, the fit, and the highly transparent nature of the pants. 
A lot of the rhetoric is confirmation that the pants are see-through, which I just confirmed. Yep. It's been an ongoing conversation where each day has yielded something new that doesn't seem to make as much sense as you would like it to. The league publicly addressed the uniform issue in a statement in the Wall Street Journal, denying a <laughs> substantive change in the pants. How can you even come out and say that? That makes no sense to me. Because the whites are see-through. Yep. Uh, the uniform pants have the same material and thickness as the uniform pants last season. There were changes to the fabric of the jersey, not the pants. Mm-hmm. You know, we just say that. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? Uh, sounds like MLB uh, didn't do their due diligence because everyone's saying that the pants are see-through. And you just said that the pants are see-through. So, yeah. obviously, somebody's not telling the truth. Either the players aren't or MLB isn't. But it seems like a lot of the players are in collaboration with one another that the pants are see-through. Um, and, and again, backing up, what I, like what I just said, it, I mean, it's, it is a sad state when uniforms are the topic of spring training. But uniforms are the topic of spring training. Baseball really isn't the topic of spring training, which means that baseball's going fine and spring training games are going fine. And nobody has any gripes about the games being played or, or the rules that are being passed and the new rules that have been put forth. So um, baseball's in a really good place. Um, I, I, I'm assuming that they're going to get this thing figured out. And like you said, they got less than four weeks. Actually, yeah, they got about three weeks to get it right because I, I believe opening day is the 21st. Of May with the Padres yeah. and the and the Doyers, um, playing in Korea, playing in Korea. So um, I'm pretty sure there's 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 gonna there needs to be something done <clears throat> between now and then to rectify the situation. We've had 21 seasons. We got what 15 seasons. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't remember. I do remember the the time where our uniforms got lighter. Yeah. Like as fabric wise. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like the dry fits and. The new material that Majestic, you know, I remember when they got, I, I vividly remember when they were heavy. Yep, and then so all heavy. of a sudden, yep. we got this new material and it was like, okay, now you can breathe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can move a lot easier. Yep. Um, they started making it, you know, more custom to your body. You can get two inches on the bottom. Yep. You can get, you know, extra inch in the sleeve or you can take an inch off. There are so many different things that you can do with it when you know, the first real change for the uniform that I came, that I saw, and like how they, you know, back in the day, they had your, they had your number, uh, what number pair of pants this is, and then what year it is, 04, so it'd be 32, pair number one, white, 03. Now they have all that, and they have a QR code in the inside also, so you can hit the QR code with your, with your, um, with your phone, with your camera, and it'll pop up the size, the inseam, and I'm trying to think what they call it, the the bucket. I think it's bucket one, two, or three, mm-hmm. where uh, how the pants fit around your your culo yep. and your thighs. Yep. So it's a one, two, or three. <laughs> and whether your pants are short or they long, do you have extra long at the bottom? You got a couple extra inches. Uh, do you have a tight fit around your ankles or you want your pants to be over your shoes? Just, you know, any way you can get your pants that's legal, guys are doing it. I remember when our pants were big. I remember when the pants got tight. 
And now there's a mixture of both in Major League Baseball. A lot of the Latin guys want to wear their pants like um, uh, Tatis. Mm-hmm. Tight. Then, right. And then the, some of the white guys want to wear their pants like, you know, like European style. And then you got the black guys now probably wearing their pants a little bit more baggier, a little bit more loose fit, and more over their shoe as opposed to at the top of their shoe. Yeah. So it's always been a fashion statement. Uh, who was the first guy that wore long pants? Was it Elrod Hendricks? Uh, I don't know. Manny, Manny Ramirez made the long baggy pants popular. Yeah, but somebody back in the 70s with the, with the um, Kansas City Royals made the pants long over your shoe. He made it popular. And that's where it originated from. But you're right. Everybody got their own style. I like my pants a little long, too, just all over my shoes mm-hmm. and not see through, most definitely not see through. Because the whites are see-through, man. It's it's so weird. Like just little subtle changes that, that uh, it's not a subtle change, but it is. Some guys might be. it is. Somebody, maybe maybe they want us to wear spanks or something. I don't know what they want. They want the guys to wear spanks. Some, they got they got male spanks now. Hey man, some guys might be in the mode of peacocking. Peacock. I don't. I don't even want to know what that is. You know, you know when the peacock wants to be seen, he spreads his wings. I mean, his feathers, and they all colorful. So maybe they want their pants to be see through. So you know, <laughs> maybe they might catch somebody's eye. I don't know. Maybe some guy. Maybe some guys like it. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Some guys know. Before we get out of here, Eric Swanson is a pitcher for the. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays, a reliever, had a great year last year. His four-year-old son was hit by a car. Mm. And, you know, Jock and I over here at the Thick Skin Podcast. Sending our get, get well wishes, yep. speedy recovery Prayers to Swanson family. Prayers going up. Mm-hmm. Uh, just terrible accident. Mm-hmm. Son was hit by a car. Um. So, Double J, this week, who do you have? Who are you giving the Thick Skin Award to? My Thick Skin of the Week Award goes to those four jokers who tried to jump Cam Newton uh, <laughs> under that tent. Boy, y'all better have some thick skin next time because his hat didn't come off and he went to, to waylaying on y'all behind. Uh, no matter what he say next time, have some thick skin, swallow it, and, and go on your separate way. That's not a good look. Cam Newton got so many bobby pins on that hat, man. It was no way in hell they could have got the hat off his head. He got his hair going through the middle of it. They had to, hey, they had to put him in a headlock and get the hat off, man. I'll tell you what, we're for him. None of them getting him in a headlock. <laughs> yeah, because all of them were five foot six. I don't Jesus. Give, I don't give he a got jumped by four midgets. I don't give a god darn off. <laughs> he got done by four midgets and then a chihuahua came and tried to bite him in, <laughs> on the ear. Come on, man. Uh, yeah, exactly. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> We're going to shut it down after that thick skin. Those four jokers. Those four jokers. Yeah, those four midgets and the chihuahua. Double J, that wraps up another episode of the Thick Skin Podcast. I'm Troy Hawkins. Boy, Jock Jones. You can listen to us anywhere that you listen to your podcast.
Apple or Spotify. Always a pleasure, big bro. We'll see you next week, Hawk. And don't forget, reach out. Get your thick skin gear. Thick skin podcast. Check it out. Next chapter podcasts.